Welcome to our second uh, topic, looking at um, operational context. For some of you who are perhaps maybe already practicing in the field, you might find some of this a little uh, commonsensical, perhaps, um, but nevertheless still worthwhile rev revisiting, particularly for those that are entering the, the profession uh, for the first time. So nevertheless, I think it's important that we, we cover uh, operational context. And the idea of, of, of this uh, presentation, this topic, is to provide some advice um, and some uh, greater understanding of where um, intelligence fits in with regards to operations. Um, and so that's where this, um, this overview I'm presenting now um, uh, should help you gain that. So the main themes that we'll be looking at, uh, at in this topic, uh, just in front of us here, I want us to try and get a good understanding, uh, I guess, for, for those of us providing intelligence for operations, we really need to have an understanding of the operations objectives, its limits, parameters, um, and also appreciate there are a lot of con contextual factors um, to an operation that coming into it, you may not be overly aware. And so I want to try and stress the point here about becoming aware of the, the, the context of, of the intelligence you're providing and the context of the operation that you'd be, you'd be working, working in. And those contexts are, are influenced by a variety of factors, uh, particularly in this, in our, in our uh, second theme here, a lot of internal and external factors can really influence um, an operation. Um, and, and so too can we resource allocations. Um, so these are the things that we need to be mindful as we work in an operations team, um, providing intelligence for that. Um, we know that operational planning requires a lot of um, logistics management. Uh, we also have to be responsive to, uh, uh, to knowing what our, our um, capabilities are, what our resources are, um, and how we can uh, provide um, assistance within those, those frameworks. Um, and we know, I guess, that the part of our role as, as intelligence analysis for operations um, is to really ensure that the that the the work is there to provide that sense um, uh, of information um, to enable the tactical aspects um, of the operation to take part. So we really need to be mindful about what it is that we want to provide, and um, and and how we're going to provide it, um, all within the context. Um, of those resources as well. So the, the fourth theme that I want us to, to cover here is the way of operational intelligence um, supports operational planning. Um, and we know that um, the intelligence is, is there at the planning of it. We know that it's part of the designing of an operation. It's certainly part in, in deciding the tasking of an operation and definitely the execution and evaluation of it as well. So the, the operational intelligence support people, the analysts and so forth, are really part and parcel of the entire process. But the key point here is, is that they are part of, a, of an overall team. And that's probably part of what I want to get across um, in this topic as well. So they're the main things that we'll be covering um, in, in this topic. 
Now, I've, I've put up the, the intelligence cycle, and you're probably, you know, if you're not already, you'll probably be sick of seeing this um, by the time you've finished your course. But I'm, I'm bringing this up because I particularly want you to pay attention to the planning and direction section of this. I think this is where um, the the main thrust of what we're talking about here in this topic is that, you know, being the context of it, really comes from understanding the planning and direction um, of, of, of the um, intelligence that you've been directed to, um, to find. And so understanding the directive you've been given, um, understanding the planning that's taking place is really what we're talking about, I guess, here in this aspect of all, in this part of the topic. So we're looking, I guess, um, mostly at this, when I'm talking about things uh, in, in this topic, is where we're, we're starting from that initial planning stage um, and we're, we're talking about understanding uh, the direction, the directive, and understanding the planning that's taking place because once we know that, we're able then to provide better intelligence because we know what our client um, or the agency, the organisation that we're working with or working for um, is requiring. Um, and so that's why I put this up here, just so it remind us that it's at this initial stage, at least for this moment, that we're looking at getting a better understanding of that. And, and that's really what um, I'm trying to achieve here. Now, as I said, the first theme of all this is looking at understanding uh, the operational objectives. So coming into an operations team, um, it's really important that you understand what the operation is. I mean, I know it, this sounds very self-evident, but I think sometimes, um, in, in, to, use, to use the expression in the fog of war, so to speak, we may not take that opportunity just to take a step back for a moment and just th think clearly, well, what are the objectives of, of, of the operation? What are the parameters of what it is that we're, we're, we're doing and we're working in? Um, and we need to be aware of all this um, through understanding the context, uh, contextual uh, factors, and this is the bit here that I want us to have a look at. You'll notice that the, the first dot point, uh, understand organisations, the role and responsibility um, in terms of their, their role and responsibility for national security or law enforcement operations. So you've got to know who you're working with, who you're working for, um, know what their roles and responsibilities are in terms of national security, know what their, their roles and responsibilities are in terms of law enforcement. Um, have a good understanding of that because each organisation um, will often have a view, have, a, have their own view um, of what their role and responsibility is. And that leads us to that second dot point here in that we, many organisations um, view themselves um, and their role in, a, in their own particular way. Now that's not problematic, um, at least not, not for us. Um, but what we do need to know is what that view is. So if we're working for an agency, if we're working for military or even in the private sector, it's really important that we have an understanding um, of how they view their role in regards to uh, whether it be national security or law enforcement. Um, and once we know that, we then know how best to act um, within, within that organisation or organisations for that particular operation. The, um, the third dot point here looks at uh, understanding the organisational culture and its bureaucracy. Most agencies, uh, organisations, even, even, even corporations, private sectors do have their own cultures. Um, 
and often coming into these cultures, it can be uh, it can be difficult to interpret uh, what what the culture of the place is. So it really requires a degree of of, of looking and and sitting back a little bit and seeing how things function, um, asking questions, um, and listening. Um, it's it's incredibly important to to listen and take in as much. Um, of the organisational culture as you can to get a real sense of how it works. Once you know that, it's easier then to provide information, provide an intelligence product that's suited um, to that organisation. Um, you'll note there I've also put, you've got to understand it's bureaucracy. Um, particularly the public service um, will have a strong, sometimes hefty, <laughs> bureaucracy. Uh, we need to know and be aware of that um, and, and, and be mindful of, of how that fits in and how that works. Um, again, because we want to be able to tailor make our, um, our intelligence product to fit in with the culture, fit in with the bureaucracy and so forth. And I guess part of the bureaucracy is really understanding its resourcing. We know that resources are not infinite um, and that um, each organisation uh, uh, will have its own resourcing limits um, and make its own resourcing decisions. So the operation that you may be um, part of a team, maybe working with, um, will be resourced and will have a pretty much a limited amount of, of, of resourcing available to it. Now, what decides the level of resourcing is, 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 is quite large. Uh, a lot of factors are involved, uh, particularly if we look at um, you know, how, much how much political sway um, is tied to the particular operation. Um, how much media attention has been given to the issue that may be part of the operation and, and so forth. So a lot of it's responding to, to, to external uh, pressures, um, the resourcing it can be, not always, um, but you need to be mindful of resourcing and, um, and, and have a bit of an awareness about how well the operation that you're working in um, is going to be resourced. So there's just a couple of factors there. We'll talk about a few more. I, I particularly want us to have a, have a look here at the outside factors in terms of trying to get that cons cons uh, contextual idea. Now, the political value of an operation. Now, politics is, is at play in what we do. Um, and, and it's obvious that some operations um, at various times are going to be uh, of more interest um, to politicians, uh, are going to be more of more interest to the public than, say, other other operations. So, you know, for example, we might find that um, in a law enforcement environment there may be a perception that violent crime um, is a real issue. Um, now, you know, analysis might say, well, you know, Property crime far exceeds violent crime in, in a given community, for, for argument's sake. But yet, if there's a political interest and a political desire um, to address violent crime um, over, say, property crime, uh, then you can see that political value of operations taking place. So there may be more interest in, 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 in um, resourcing uh, an operation to deal with violent crime as opposed to, say, property crime, as an example. Other um, outside factors, um, this is the second point here on legal frameworks, um, particularly with law enforcement, gathering information, intelligence, so forth, as we spoke about in the last lecture, really is tied to um, getting evidence that is accepted um, within
within courts and, 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 and those sort of expectations. So again, in gathering information within an operation, uh, you need to be mindful of what are the legal frameworks of, of the, the particular organisation that you're working with. What are their limits? Uh, what are their um, uh, what are their standards and so forth? And that that then leads us to the um, to the third uh, point that I'm making about ethical considerations. What are the ethical considerations of the organisation? Um, most organisations, particularly those dealing um, in, in terms of law enforcement, national security, defence, uh, do have uh, quite strong uh, legal uh, ethical considerations uh, there and we need to be mindful and know what they are. So if we're working in an operations team, we need to be mindful about well, what are the ethical issues um, that, that underpin this organisation that you're working for and for the operation as well. And another, um, this is a fourth point here that I'm making on opportunity cost. Uh, another thing we need to realise is that sometimes we are working uh, in an operation um, and there's been a decision made by the operational commanders and, and, and so forth, decision makers, um, where they've weighed up opportunity costs. Now an opportunity cost um, is pretty much what it sounds like. It, it's, an, it's an analysis on is it better to, to do something or is it better not to do something. Um, and so sometimes um, the decision might be made that it's best not to do anything. And we need to be mindful that these are the decisions made by the, the commanders of the operation. It's been decided by those decision makers. Um, and we need to accept that sometimes opportunity costs will be, will be, will be weighed up and made. Um, and that needs to be part of our, our thinking within the operation as well. Uh, that these are some things that are... So the four things that I, I guess that I've pointed out here are things that can happen um, in, in, in the planning of an operation, but also can take place during an operation as well. So I think there's a degree of, of, of accepting that there are always going to be things happening. Um, and there are always going to be uh, changes that are taking place through things. Um, and then I think though, if you have an awareness of the fact that outside factors do exist and, um, and you take that on board uh, while you're working in the operations team, it makes life a lot easier uh, for yourself as well. Now the next thing I think that's really um, important for working within an operations team and, and pr providing intelligence uh, is an understanding that, that different agencies or organisations um, will have a different vocabulary. Now it might not be markedly different, but they, they do tend to be different from time to time. Um, you know, for example, um, we, we know that um, in, 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 the, in terms of, say, the intelligence requirements, or we talk about intelligence requirements, so that's basically what is it that we need. It's the beginning of sending off their request for intelligence, and it's referred to as an intelligence requirement. Um, and yet in the military they'll refer to elements um, of intelligence. So small little thing to point out here, um, I, I really just grabbed that example as a way to highlight that there are sometimes different words, different concepts used um, by different agencies. Um, and so being aware that, that, that each agency may have a different vocabulary or a different understanding of, of concepts um, is, is really important to knowing what, what the client wants in terms of an intelligence product. 
So getting to understand um, that, um, getting to understand the vocabulary, getting to understand the concepts and, 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 and terms that are being used uh, will assist you in providing what, what's required there. The next point I want to make is, is understanding the, the fundamental concepts. This is the second point on the slide. Um, understand the fundamental concepts used that are, again, to design, plan, execute and evaluate operations. So again, it goes back to, to, to knowing what the concepts is that they use and that they apply when, when planning an operation or executing an operation as well. And I think also, you know, and again, this probably sounds like, well, we should know this anyway, but it's worth reiterating that um, it's really important that as the, the, the intelligence side of an operation, that you know what the operation's objectives are, um, that you, you're aware of, of the operation's objectives, and you're aware of its strategy for meeting those objectives. And going back to the point about resourcing, um, you're also aware of what the resources are that are allocated. Um, again, knowing these things can help you provide um, the, the right type of, of intelligence product um, to the commander or the decision makers that are, that are underway. Um, so understanding some basic vocabulary, understanding the fundamental concepts they use to construct um, and execute operations is important, as much as understanding the, the um, objectives of the operation as well. So clarity is really what I'm pointing at here, is that, uh, that ability to be uh, to understand what's going on. Uh, I now want to talk a little bit about um, operational planning. Um, and the, we know that operational planning requires um, a lot of logistical management, um, so we can make sure that the, the uh, we understand the capabilities and we can respond um, and plan um, particularly to assist tactical units complete their, their tasks as well. And again it goes back to understanding what the tasking priorities are um, you know, for your own intelligence gathering and also for the wider operation as well. Um, know what the priorities are so you can provide again stuff that's useful. Um, and again know the resources, know the logistics that are needed to support the operation. Uh, so again, you've got that, that clarity and that ability of knowing what's going on. And the, the second point I've made here um, is about being aware um, of, of the operational planning and being aware that it's all subject to opportunity cost. Um, and therefore, you know, there'll often be a rational a rationale rather for action or inaction, which I've talked about prior, but I'm bringing this back to our, at the forefront of our thinking because um, you may not be aware of, of, of what that rationale is, but I think you need to accept that rationale um, and you need to accept the decisions made by the commander of the operations or of um, uh, the decision makers at that time. Um, I think sometimes you find that, that um, the real key, um, and it's not just for intelligence people within an operation, but for all people in an operation, is not to overstep your mark, um, not to uh, go beyond the scope of what you're there to do. Um, and which leads us here to our next one. Um, uh, through understanding um, your role, and that's what I sort of want to get to here. So. Operational intelligence, we know, or we should know, is about supporting operational planning throughout a, a multiple phases, 
um, including the design, the tasking of work, the execution, the, and the evaluation of the operation as well. So the key thing for us is that we need to understand our role um, in our role of intelligence in our in, in operations. What's what is it that we're going to contribute? Um, and the, the, going back to my other point about accepting decisions and working within the the, the culture and working within the, the, the hierarchy of the organisation is to appreciate that our role as as, as, as intelligence is to support the decision makers um, and operators um, and, and operations. And that's really what we're about. We're about supporting it. Um, so our job um, in operational intelligence is to provide support and information and that support and information is, is far better than trying to persuade or dictate. Um, our job isn't to persuade or make an argument. Um, what we find that within an operational setting, the decision makers, the operation commanders, they want options. They want options rather than just answers from their intelligence. So when you're de developing um, uh, intelligence products, keep that in mind. That that um, you know what what the expectation is of the decision maker for you and what it is you're supposed to be doing. And so, as I'm, I make the final point here, um, it's important that intelligence analysis um, that we stay within our domain. Um, and that we work and provide information to support the wider operation, um, but we work within what we know. Um, and that's a really important thing. I think sometimes people can, can find themselves overstepping areas. Um, work within your, your, your domain, the intelligence domain, provide the best intelligence you can, um, and that's usually the best way of being a good member of an operational team. So finally, um, some key advice and, um, um, that I, I just want to sort of start to conclude on. Um, the first thing is, and it's expressed this way, know why you're in the room. Now what does that mean? Um, why are you there? What is your role within, this, within the operation? Um, what is it that it's expected of you? What is it that you need to, to be doing? the thing. So have a clear understanding of what your role is in this. Um, once you know what your clear role is, then you know um, how best to provide uh, the right intelligence product and you know how best to, to provide um, support for the operation. The next thing to keep in mind is tell people what matters and why. Um, keeping intelligence where possible, direct, uh, clear, uh, simple and explains to people what's important about what it is that you're saying and why it's important. So keeping that in mind in, in, in your intelligence product within the operational setting is also very helpful. And finally, remember there's going to be a shift in priorities. Um, what could be the, the biggest operation one day could well be on a back burner the next. Um, so there are always going to be shifting priorities and with those shifting priorities are naturally going to be uh, shifting resources. So working within it, uh, you need to be aware of it and to basically flow with that, um, that things will, will change. So I hope I provide you with a bit of an overview um, of the, the, the context um, of, of, of intelligence operations. And I've provided um, some, some readings here. Um, you'll notice there's, there's quite a few. Uh, the, 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 
I, I advise you to read these because I'll give you a good overview of the different types of, um, of operational intelligence within different contexts. Um, as you'll see, there are one with policing organisations, there's one with military organisations, um, and they'll provide you with a sense of contrast about the differences that, um, that we talked about in terms of organisations and, and so forth. So um, work your way through those readings. Um, I've also put on the um, Interact site a, a YouTube clip um, that looks at um, intelligence and, and policing. Um, and I put that there mostly so again you can get a context of how intelligence sits within various operations. Um, it's a short clip um, but it may assist with that. Now to further, I guess, encourage you to, to, to think about this, there's a series of uh, some study questions here. Again, they're not accessible, they're really to help um, guide your learning as we go through this. Um, now most of those uh, questions there, I think particularly the first, um, the first few there, um, will be addressed by your readings, actually the last two there, will be addressed, can be addressed by those readings that I pointed out before. Um, the first two, or the first one or so, is very much about reflective, is very much a reflective sort of a question. But again, these are really just to, to assist you um, get a better understanding. So on, on, on that note, um, I hope you've, you've gotten something out of this. Um, if you have any questions, um, please don't hesitate to, um, to give me a call or drop me an email and um, we can work our way through it.